it's like the air you breathe of all the oxygen was sucked out of the room would be in big trouble and he's like oxygen he's the air that we breathe I can't live a second a moment without you that's love isn't it that's the heart cry of love you know a heart that's in love it yearns it hurts at times it feels things it expresses things it knows things because of the one it's in love with there's an intensity of love for the church to know to experience to have a revelation of a love that's transcending a love that transforms a love that heals a love that always builds, never pulls down, a love that expresses itself selflessly, it's continuous, it always thinks the best, it never thinks the worst. It's Him. And we can know Him to that measure that we say, like the words of that song, I can't live without you. Because I found something worthy to be praised. I found a love, a substance, a person so worthy to lay one's life down for because the worth is found in the love. The worth is found in the person. So many physical things we know the worth of. If I was to give you a million dollars right now, you'd be blown away because you understand the worth the weight that that million dollars has and the influence it could have in and over your life and the lives of those around you. You would understand the worthiness of that amount of money. And yet we have a creator, a father who trumps that to a number that I can't even say. And I just wonder whether we know that worth. Whether we've yet to be captivated, captured, embraced by that worth. The one who says, I spoke and everything came into being. The stars that you see in the sky when you look up at night, they're all mine. And I breathe and they existed and I know the name of every one can you count them give it a go have a go at counting and you'll know how worthy I am that I know every person before they even exist and I've named them and I've given them a lifespan on the earth how worthy am I I know all things I am all things I am the beginning the end and everything in the middle I am your life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way to me but by me. And so I came to rescue a people that was so lost and barren. And I'm still here rescuing people from the pits of darkness. For I want all of mankind to experience a love that would take your breath away.
a love that no other human can offer you unless they are in me and with me and abiding in me and I in them. A love that heals. So many people need to be healed of insecurity and bitterness and jealousy and narrow small-mindedness and just selfishness. That's who we are without Him. That's how we'll live if we don't know how worthy and know Him. We will live these small lives because we are trapped inside ourselves. And Jesus came to set us free from ourselves. He came to set us free from self, that we may live like Him, that we may walk like Him, that we may abide in Him as He abides in us, that we would be one. And I wonder whether we will stay until we have become completely and perfectly one with the Lord. As I just listened to Danny just saying that, she changed the words and instead of it being to we are one, she said until it is done. Now the work has been done, but he's doing it. It's done, but he's doing it. Because he wants to perfect us perfection like the Father was. I pray that you would be perfect like the Heavenly Father is perfect. Will you stay here until you are perfected? No, I don't mean in this building. I mean abiding in Him. Would you stay and not run, not give up, not stop, not say it's too hard, but it's just too hard. Times, yeah. He said, you're going to have a trial. You're going to have tribulation. You're going to be faced with things that if you look through your natural lens, it will be too hard. But if you know me, and if I am in you and you are in me, all things, I can do all things, Paul said, who strengthens me. Through the Christ, through the power of Christ, I can do it all. So will you stay and let him go to work on your mind, or maybe the attitudes of your heart for the purpose of knowing just how worthy he is. For the purpose of knowing who you are in him. That you and I would live the very life that we have been called to live as a body first and as individuals. You know, those five statements are what it's all about that's why we put it up there that's why it's there in big bold colorful lettering whether you like it or not it's all good because it's there to be seen it's there to be eaten it's there to be heard it's there to be captivated that you would know him and if you truly know him you'd love like him because the knowledge of God empowers you to love like him. And when you love like him, you realize you've been bought for a wedding. You've been purchased to be the beloved, a bride, a radiant, sparkling, blameless, spotless, perfect. Would you be perfect like my heavenly father is perfect? Would you partake of me so love can be perfected in you? Why do you think these scriptures are there? For that. 
Why? So then you would reign with me, that my bride and my son together with the Father would reign and establish the literal kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God on the earth. It's literal. And the last one is the kicker because Jesus said the kingdom of God is in your midst, it's within you. So if you're allowing the kingdom of God to be built, would you stay and let me build you? Would you let me build my kingdom within you? Why? That you would know me. That you would then be able to love people like I love because I'm building a church that's able to function the way I intend it to. That you would then find yourself reigning with me at the judgment seat, that the judgment for reward you would receive a reward, a crown of righteousness. It's all there in the scriptures. The picture, the story, the author, the perfecter of his own movie He's written the movie. It's the greatest movie. I love what Cassidy said at prayer meeting on Wednesday. That he is the greatest director of his own movie. And we've all been invited to be characters in the movie. Characters that make up his story, not our own story. Don't go looking for your own story Look for his story and find how your life aligns to his story. Amen? So, Father, as we look at wisdom today, reveal what it is, who it is. Father, I pray that we would leave here today radically, radically altered. I pray that we would receive living manna in us that would form and build us into the very church that you've called us to be. More than overcomers, more than conquerors. A people who are moving forward, leaving the past in the past, embracing the today and the future. So Father, I pray for wisdom today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Had an awesome time in Cambodia. You haven't known I've been away and uh, come back. Had 10 days over there. And um, just so much work to be done. So much life to be found and so much money that's going to be required to do what we want to do so get ready going to be asking going to be knocking and uh, just asking if you want to partner with the work over there took a business guy with me good mate of mine and he's been inspired by what Varna and Sukhvay are doing over there and seeing the work and seeing all the young lives that we want to influence through education through sport through medical, and um, it's just, it's amazing that we get the opportunity and the privilege to be part of something here and overseas, and next year we'll be taking teams again, so just start asking the Spirit of God if this is something that he'd like you to go and experience, and the trips will be different than they've been in the past because our focus is going to be different but I still want to take people and let you experience what God is doing there 
in the lives of many people, young and old. You know, you go to the school and there's little six-year-old kids that you're running around with, that you're hugging, who are worshipping God, who some kids, they don't know them, Buddhist kids, but they're part of, they're involved, and they enter in because of the love that's being expressed through our brothers and sisters there. You know, love grabs people, doesn't it? Love grabbed people last night. 84 people turned up, not for food, because of love. Because, you know, Danny has this dream. God puts a dream on her heart. And then she's obedient to see that fulfilled and pulls other people in. So just thank you for everyone that had a big part in that. Some people played a bigger part than others. It's not about the part. It's just about serving. I'm crackly. I'm getting old. Well, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> State the obvious, brother. <laughs> you know, but it's just awesome that love can be expressed. And people that don't yet know love can come in here and experience him through his people. Because wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. This is this word God's been giving me all week. I just keep hearing it everywhere I go, Greg, wisdom's vindicated by her deeds. Wisdom is vindicated, made right, proven right by her action, by her deeds. I've just been, Lord, what is, is that what you want me to speak about? And any time my mind would go somewhere else, I just keep hearing, wisdom is vindicated by her deeds, Greg. So after about the 10th time, I got it. Yes, this is what you want me to speak on, isn't it, Lord? He says, well done. Well done. Hey, you're learning, you're hearing. So I want to talk about this this morning, um, and I want to look at two contrasting scriptures first. So we're going to look at Proverbs first because we need to understand what Proverbs says and then look at what some of the scriptures in the New Testament say to fully come to understand really what wisdom is because it's the fulfillment of it, it's the completion of it, it's the maturing of it that God wants expressed upon the earth, isn't it? So that's a powerful statement that wisdom is vindicated, made right, proven right, by her deed, by her action, by her work. It's not just something that stays in the mind of man. It's just not a concept, it's not a thought, it's not the capacity to understand or have knowledge of a theme or a topic and then speak about it. It's the ability to have all that, but then to act, then to demonstrate, to bring into this physical reality what the understanding of wisdom was, but now it's demonstrated. So love was demonstrated last night. Wisdom was demonstrated last night. That could have just stayed in a thought and an abstract thought concept. No, see, wisdom is vindicated. It's made right. It's proven by the ability to live it. Powerful, isn't it? People need to see love. They need to experience love. John said Christ was manifested in and through us. He didn't just sit in his throne room and said, I love you from above. He said, I love you, so I'm coming down to rescue you. You're going to touch me. You're going to hear me. You're going to experience me. You're going to know me. Why? Because wisdom, Jesus Christ is wisdom. 1 Corinthians 2, 24 says, wisdom was vindicated, made right by his action. So he said, I'll show you how much I am wise, and he demonstrated it. Amazing, isn't it? 
So Proverbs 4, 7 to 8 says this, the beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. It's pretty simple. (laughs) The beginning of wisdom is to acquire wisdom, and with all your acquiring, get understanding. Jesus said that you don't understand because you can't hear. So hearing is really important in gaining wisdom and gaining understanding. Then it says these cool words. Prize her. Prize her. You ever want a prize here, anyone? Ever won a sports medal or an achievement at school, university, got a degree, got something at work? No one. Gee, sad lot. <laughs> so, how did you feel? What did you go after? You were achieving something. There was a goal, prize who you got this prize. There was an honor. There was a well done. There was an encouragement. He says, prize wisdom. See her as a prize. See her as something to go after. See her as something to come into. Prize her and she will exalt you. See, if I get wisdom, I'm going to be elevated. I'm going to be elevated above the earth. When I get godly wisdom, not worldly wisdom, godly wisdom, I start getting exalted. I start getting lifted. I start getting lifted out of my old ways, out of my old life. I start overcoming. Why? Because I'm getting wisdom, because I see it as a prize, and because it's a prize, I go after it with all I have, and all of a sudden, I start getting exalted. Isn't that what Christ came to bring? Why? Because wisdom is vindicated by her ability to act. So if I get wisdom, I'm able to live a kind of life that is exalted, higher than the earth. Why? Because I'm from not the earth, from heaven. I'm an ambassador now of another place. It's called the, oh, look at that, kingdom of God. All for there to see in green. Isn't that cool? So if I'm an ambassador from the kingdom of God, then I'm preparing for my marriage. And I'm also preparing to get ready for the kingdom returning of heaven on earth, which also enables me to love people like Jesus loved and fulfill the commandment of God. Why? Because I have gone after wisdom and she is a prize that exalts me enables and empowers me to live a life worthy of the calling of God. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans not to harm you. See, we take that scripture and make it about individualism, don't we? What am I going to be on the earth? Oh, you're going to be this. You're going to know me. You're going to love me and people. You're going to be preparing because you're my bride. Then you're going to reign with me because the kingdom is being formed in you. Those are the plans he was talking about when he mentioned that in Jeremiah 29, 11. But see, what we do is we shrink that, look for this individual purpose, which really isn't attached to any of that, and we never find it. <clears throat> see, wisdom from heaven is different from wisdom of the earth. It brings life. It exalts you. Prize her. It will exalt you. She will honor you. She will honor you. 
if. Don't you love those two-letter words that mean so much? (laughs) If. If what? If you embrace her. Men, do you embrace your wives often? Ladies, do you embrace your husbands often? Children, do you embrace your parents often? Friends, do you embrace one another often? You know, the first thing this guy here gives you every time you see him is a hug. Who feels uncomfortable about that? Doesn't matter, he's going to give it to you anyway. He's going to love you out of your uncomfortable. So it's funny, isn't it? You see some people like, what's that? Yeah, seen as the same. (laughs) Boom. Let me show you how much I love you, because why? Wisdom is vindicated by her deed. It's not like, I love you. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, I'm going to love you. Feel that embrace, and I'll love you till you feel comfortable. If you will embrace her. See, wisdom is there to be embraced. Wisdom is there is to be received, to know, to have it start to shape you, to have it exalt you. Proverbs is an amazing book. Then Matthew. So let's contrast this now with wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Luke 7.35, wisdom is vindicated by all her. Are you a child of wisdom? Jesus is wisdom. Are you a child of Christ? So are you embracing wisdom that is exalting you above the earth? Do you see her as a prize to go after, to have received for the ability and the capacity to live the way Jesus lived? Because wisdom, Jesus Christ, was vindicated by his ability to demonstrate something. What he said, he lived. There was no gap between the two. The thing that got the Pharisees in trouble was what? Their hypocrisy. They would say one thing and live another. Jesus came down, demonstrated it, pointed it out to them out of love, and they nailed him to a cross. He was killed for telling the truth because wisdom tells the truth and it models the truth. You and I will be killed for modeling truth. Welcome to being a child of God. You see, wisdom is vindicated by all her children. All her children, wisdom is vindicated by. Meaning, if you're a child of God, you've been called to live a wisdom beyond the earth. You've been called to come and to know, to understand, and then to live out and demonstrate a wisdom that is not from the earth. It's opposite to the earth, isn't it? That's a challenge, man. Because you can't if you don't know wisdom. You can't live out the way we're called to live out as a child if you don't go after and receive wisdom, Jesus. If we don't prize her, then we won't be exalted and be able to live. We'll find ourselves living a substandard life. But we were called to what? Be more than conquerors. Called to live above. Called to conquer what? The flesh, the world, the enemy. 
just to start with? What about peril? What about anything demonic? Overcome. More than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. Even death. Is that not what we sung? He overcame death so we can overcome death. Death has no sting, no fear. Why? Because I don't die. Isn't that good news? You see, I embrace wisdom, and wisdom starts to exalt me. I start to be able to live a life that is realized in the Scriptures. It's no longer abstract. It's no longer in a book. It's no longer, it's in me. See, it's manifested. Jesus manifested himself in the church, in the hearts and the minds of his very people, that his very people, because we're all children, can demonstrate wisdom. Why, Greg? Because wisdom is proven right by her ability to act. Are you starting to get an understanding of your identity in Christ? Are you starting to hear beyond the cross? See, you don't see the cross up there, but the cross enables all of that. That is all beyond the cross. But the cross is essential for all of that. But I don't want to live at the cross because Jesus said, I came to bring you abundant life, son, and it's a life that's indestructible. It's a life, an eternal life. Because wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Let's come into Matthew 11. Matthew 11, verses 7. read it from there. Don't have to put my goggles on. It's cool. And these men were going away. As these men were going away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind. But what did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing. Those who wear soft clothing are in king's palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I tell you, and one who is more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. See, wisdom is vindicated by her ability to act. Did John prepare the way? Was he living in wisdom? But what were the people going out to see? Some nutter? Maybe they thought he was a nutter. Probably did. Would you have thought he was a nutter? Eating, if you're in Cambodia, eating locusts isn't outside of the realm of, that's the norm. Spider, scorpion, rat, dog, anything that moves, they eat. (laughs) I'm not lying. I'm telling you the truth. Anything that moves, they'll eat it. They'll cook it, they'll eat it. Truly I say to you, among those born of woman, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. You ready for this? You ready for who you and I are? Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So there's no one has risen greater than John the Baptist. But the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and 
Violent men take it by force. Are you taking what is on offer by force in the spirit? What was wisdom? See her as a prize and she will exalt you. Are you going after what is available in you because you're greater than John the Baptist if you're in the kingdom? Do you know who you are? You are not mere old little person that you may say you are, think you are. You have been bought with a high price and a high calling to reach for a high order. See, I think we need a revelation of who we are so we can live for who we are, not who we necessarily think we are. Because the Bible speaks of a wisdom that is beyond the earth. And it says, you, if you are least, are greater than John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the greatest of the last of the old prophets. He prepared the way for Christ. Man, did that guy have a mandate and a half. A whole lot of people thought he was a nut job. That's not wisdom. That's not wisdom. Who are you? Are you allowed? How are you allowed to baptize? If you're not the Christ, you're not Elijah, where are you getting your authority? You see, people like that mess up the religious system because the religious system don't understand true authority because they don't understand the one where true authority comes from. They think it's found in position and titles and an institutionalized church, but it's not. True authority can only come from the Father. John knew who he was because he knew the Father, hence that he had wisdom from above. So he's able to live out a life that gets vindicated by his ability to demonstrate something, and he was preparing the way. And he says, guess what, guys? You're all greater than him. So... How are we living? It's a big question, isn't it? Greg, how are you living? Are you able to demonstrate wisdom? Once again, it starts in hearing, understanding, and then living. Where was I up to? And if you are willing to accept that John himself is Elijah who was to come, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. You notice that statement is found the entire book, don't you? Ears to hear. If you, if, if you have ears, spiritual ears, then hear what is being communicated today. Hear it. Don't listen to it. Hear it. Understand it. And live it. Step into it. But to what shall I compare this generation? So this modern generation that Jesus is talking to right now, he would say, what do I compare this generation to? But he's speaking to these people in this context. So what am I going to compare this generation of people that I find myself now physically on the earth talking to? He tells you, it is like children sitting in the marketplaces who call out to the other children and say, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard man, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom 
is vindicated by her ability to live something out, which is called kingdom wisdom on the earth that the world never understands because the people that live in order are misunderstood, misrepresented, and they get accused of things like that. Was Jesus a drunk? No. Was John a drunk? No, the man never touched wine. But see, the wisdom of the earth doesn't understand the wisdom of heaven. And because it doesn't, it does a number of things. It runs away from it. It hides from it. It rejects it. It tries to change it or it sweeps it under the carpet, hoping it all goes away. But because wisdom is wisdom and it will have its way, it is vindicated and it gets expressed in the earth through the children of God. You told me you're a child of God. Together we're his children, are we not? So we are a family, not an institution, not a club, not an organization, not a business. We're a family. Hence, we must live and act like a family with family operating systems. Man, he is so much for us. He's so good. His purposes are perfect. And everything he does is to raise us up to experience a life that we were called to live. And yet at the same time, our flesh doesn't understand it. Other people won't understand us. We are called to be peculiar, but in a really good way. I'm not talking about being a fruit loop. I'm talking about people look and they go, Man, you are different, but I'm so curious as to why you live. And then I walk in and there's more of you. It's not just one of you. There's a group of you. Where did you people come from? And you live. This is really cool, but weird because it's what I'm looking for, but I'm not sure because it looks like it's sort of going to require heaps, but it's got me, and it does, and I don't know. And yet I still can't ignore you guys. Oh, man. Is that who we are? Is that who you want to be? More of? It's a powerful passage, isn't it? Godly wisdom ultimately is the demonstration of truth in and through a person's life, no matter what others think or say. I know I've been lied about. It's okay. Why? Because I know people don't understand. I know I've been spoken badly about. That's okay. Why? Because I know people don't understand. Father, forgive them, because they do not know what they do. You see, when you're in wisdom, you get to see things and understand things that other people don't, which enables you to have grace and love for people to keep restoring relationship, not walking away and breaking the pattern that God said walk to. You're not to walk away, you're to walk to. See, love can walk into darkness and stand there and be persecuted and love. Why? Because it has wisdom, because wisdom is vindicated by the ability to live. It doesn't stay in a book. It doesn't stay in a mind. It doesn't stay, well, I know love, but can you demonstrate love, Greg? Greg, I don't care what you know. I want to see you live it. Because only then is it a completed work. See, God wants to complete us to maturity, doesn't he? 
You see, wisdom is vindicated in maturity. See, it's the maturity, it's the process of maturity that enables a person to live like Christ. Truth, if you're in the truth, it will be self-evident in your life. Can I say that? I just did. (laughs) Truth will become self-evident if it is in you. So that becomes the challenge because if we find ourselves not in it or not able to, then there's a sign that's a reality of, oh, ah, okay, there's something not quite in alignment here. And it's not wrong. You're not a bad person. You're a child of God. But God's trying to show you, I want to raise you up. I want you to be able to live this out. So I point this out to you to help you because I want you to fall in love with me. And then live for me and walk with me. So truth is self-evident. You see, what we do is this. We go, I want to be right. And a lot of people say, that's not right. I'm right. We're so fixed on right or wrong, aren't we? But you know what? It's got nothing to do with right or wrong. It's like, can you live righteously? But it's not right. Might not be. Wasn't right that they nailed him to a cross. No. But he didn't get up there and start an argument about what was right and wrong. He said, guys, you missed the plan. I'm the savior of the world. This isn't right. He said, I'm going to live righteously. I'm going to demonstrate wisdom. Because wisdom is vindicated by the ability to live something out. So let's lose right or wrong. I don't think that's technically correct, biblically. Are you living it? The church has been smashed to pieces because of right and wrong. And he says, Greg, it's about son living a righteous life. Can you love on someone's behavior that isn't in alignment to me? And can you love them and love them and love them even if they don't change. Because wisdom is not looking at behavior modification. Wisdom looks at the heart and says, if you fall in love, your behavior will change. But we're so bent, I'm so bent on trying to change behavior through principles and laws. If I just get this, if they just, if they just get me. Lead them to me. Stop leading them to the lost, even the place that you don't necessarily know me. Lead them to me. And if you lead them to me, guess what? They'll live a life that's vindicated by their deeds. My people will live a life and a world will see it. You will live a life, son, so don't make it about right, wrong. Make it about righteousness. 1 Peter 2, 24. And he himself bore our sins in his body on that cross. Are you you thankful? If you've turned to him that your sin, your iniquity was bore on his body. Yes, Lord. But it doesn't stop there. We can't stop there. You can't pitch your tent there. 
and just live there going, thank you that you die for my sin. Thank you that you die for my sin. Thank you. It's almost like you're not getting it. Yes, that is the truth, but I died for your sin so that he's always moving forward, isn't he? Because he has a defined picture of the end. For he is the author and perfecter of the end of faith. So faith, he's perfecting, so you can see that. So he's moving towards, because he wrote the end from the beginning, Isaiah teaches us. So he's constantly moving and maturing, wisdom is vindicated by her deeds, a people that are able to live a kind of way. So that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. <laughs> Doesn't get any clearer than that. He died for your iniquity, your nature that separates you from God. The fact that you keep missing a mark has no hold now. I don't keep saying, I'm a useless sinner. I'm a useless sinner. He knows that. (laughs) He's going, yep, we nailed that. We nailed that. I finished that. You're a son, Greg. You're a son, Greg. You're a son, Greg. You're a son, Greg. You're a son. You're no longer a slave. You're no longer an orphan. You're a son, Greg. Son, Greg. Get wisdom, Greg. Get wisdom, Greg. Treat it as a prize. Change your language. Change your mindset. Change your ability to live. So that you would live to righteousness. You would live a right life in Christ. Didn't Paul say, I'm no longer ashamed of the gospel? Do you know why? Because I figured out how right I am. Doesn't get any better than this, man. I was casting the church. I was killing the church. I was a persecutor of the church. But I'm not ashamed of that behavior because I got the gospel. What gospel have you received? The one that says, try and be good? Try and be better? Or the one that says you are brand new, born again? New creation with the power of the gospel that sets you ablaze into that reality. No longer looking back going, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I am, I am, I am. Why? Because I'm called to live for righteousness. No longer about right or wrong. Is that doctrinally right or wrong? No. Can I live righteously? That'll all get figured out if I'm living righteously. And love will cover it all, which maintains oneness. I pray that they would be one. Will you stay here until I'm one? Jay sung it. We sung it. Jesus' prayer in the garden, I pray they would be one. You can't have one if it's all about right or wrong. You can only have one if we live righteously. By his wounds you are healed. Not just physically healed. Healed to be able to live righteously. Wisdom is vindicated By her deeds. What is wisdom, Greg? Well, ultimately, it's Jesus. So if I know Jesus more and more and more in a real way, then I'm able to live out the way he asks. There are deeds to be done, aren't there? So what are these deeds of righteousness that God's children are to prove right? It's going to touch on one. And when I get back from Australia, we'll preach on the second one. The deeds of righteousness that prove we are living in godly wisdom are twofold. The first one, let's see if we can get that, Stu, if you can, mate, is the ability to demonstrate 
or model a Christ-like life. So the question, the deeds of righteousness that prove we are living in godly wisdom are twofold. There's two aspects to them that are actually one position. Okay? This is a powerful thing. It's another message. But everything's one in God. Okay? So the first one is the ability to demonstrate or model a Christ-like life, meaning the nature of God. Can you demonstrate the nature of God? Is the nature of God coming through you? Greg, what's the nature of God? Well, the nature's nature's love, joy, peace. If you have love, you're patient, you're kind, you're gentle. So that's the ability to live out also his character. You've been made holy. You can't make yourself holy, but you're now holy. Are you living a holy life, a righteous life? Is the power of God coming, working in you, so your life becomes the demonstration? See, Paul said, I'm no longer a man of fancy words. I'm a man of spirit and power and demonstration. So the man's life was the demonstration of the wisdom he was in. Because if there was any man that was going to demonstrate something, it was Paul because he was a man of the flesh, then he becomes a man of the spirit, isn't he? He's such a picture for us, a model for us to capture. That's why God allows him to say, imitate me as I imitate the one I follow, because he gets it. He was demonstrating the deeds that he was doing showed the man had biblical wisdom. He said, I speak spiritual thoughts, spiritual words. I no longer speak persuasive words of the world. Doesn't mean he's not intelligent. It doesn't mean, but the words he speaks are another wisdom, which means you need to have ears to hear that wisdom if you're going to come into it. If you try and understand those words, spiritual words, with the wisdom filters of the earth, you'll never understand. One on one, you'll hear 10, and you'll run away going, that's not right. (laughs) So, he said this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, didn't he? Then he says, imitate me. I can do all things. Now, if I was to ask you, what's the first thing that comes into your mind when you hear that? What is it? You can do all things. What's the very first thing that comes into your mind? Say it again, Lisa. Overcoming, but, okay, overcoming. What would be the first work, the first deed? Miracles? Healing? Yeah, but but what, what would be the first deed that you'd do? So it is, what would be the first thing? Action. Hey? There's no right or wrong answer. Love your neighbor? Great. Do the things you're always afraid to do. Jump out of a plane, it's awesome. (laughs) No, it is, it's real cool. So he's saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus said it starts with love. Number one, love God. But not with your love, with his love. Number two, love people. Not with your love, his love. And then, 
and this will be the second part of the works that we look at when I get back, is this works that God would have that are actually in an invisible realm that must come out of an invisible realm into the seen realm, not just good intention. Okay, that's for the next one. So the first one is the ability to demonstrate or model Christ-like life. Just come with me to 1 Peter, 1 Peter 2. And then we're just wrapping this up, believe it or not. Believe it or not. There we are. If I can find 1 Peter. <laughs> Thank you, brother. That was love. That was very helpful. I'm going to read it out of my Bible because... Okay, 1 Peter 2, 18. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. For this finds favor if for the sake of conscience toward God, a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. And we have to make sure we don't confuse wrong sorrow or worldly, fleshly sorrows with godly sorrow. Okay, because some people go, oh, I'm so suffering, I'm suffering for Christ. No, that's just your flesh. And there's no life in that, only death. And then we turn around and we go, oh, God, you don't understand. He's going, no, you're living in the flesh. That's not a godly sorrow. That's not a righteousness life that causes persecution. Okay. For what credit is there? If when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure with patience. (laughs) That's the woe me camp. But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, when you live righteously, okay, that's what it means, and suffer for living righteously, you patiently endure it. This finds favor with God. So if you live for God and people don't understand and you suffer for living righteously, you're finding favor in his eyes. It's one of the ways God operates, isn't it? Wisdom is vindicated by her ability to live that. Not get upset, not get bitter and twisted, not get offended, not start spewing back what's coming at you, but the ability to live righteously and cover sin. To cover that. What for? Well, ultimately to maintain oneness with one another. And that finds favor with God. Why? Because you're living like the sun. Wisdom is vindicated, made right, proven right by her ability to live out what we're called to live. Christ is our example, verse 21, for you have been called for this purpose. No, no, I was called to reach the planet. I was called to be a footballer. I was called to be a CEO. I was called to be a number of things. Those things may be true. But you are called to suffer for Christ, to live righteously, to come into wisdom and to live a life worthy of a calling that would also have you persecuted. How can you expect to experience the fullness of life and not go through what the one you worship went through? People say, oh, the church hurt me. I go, yeah, 
and the church killed Jesus. What part of that isn't part of our job description? To be offended. You will be offended. You know that, don't you? We will hurt one another because our lack comes out. Our lust comes out. That's why love must be present to love on lust. He says to me, Greg, is there anyone that's going to model this stuff? A lot of people talk about it. A lot of people go to conferences after conference and talk about it, read books about it, listen to songs, sing. Are we going to live it, Greg? He said, that's all cool, but I'm looking for people that can actually demonstrate this stuff. So when lust manifests itself, when selfishness manifests all over the place, there is a person or a people that can actually love and demonstrate righteousness and be persecuted for that, can be slammed for that, can actually have people lie about you, say all things about you, can defy your character, and you go, you know what, that's all okay. It's not right, but I'm okay. Because that stuff and what's being said doesn't define me. He does because wisdom, I went after and found a prize that exalted me above the earth, which enables me to live a life worthy of the calling, which is a macro, eternal calling. Just pointing again to the screen if you're listening. Know God, love God, people, bride of Christ, reign with Christ, kingdom of God, because that's living and active. Goes on. For you to follow in his steps. So he suffered for us, leaving you an example for us to follow in his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats. But what did he do? He kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. John 2, Jesus said, I'm not entrusting my heart to man, for I know what is in every man. I will not give the most prized possession, my heart, to another. Why not? Because I know what is in man. I know the capacity man has, man and woman, to hurt. So I don't give my heart to man. I entrust it to my father which means I am able to trust man, even if man breaks trust. I'm able to love man if they break trust because I have not entrusted my heart, which holds love, to the person that's trying to break my heart. I tell you, if every marriage got this, no divorce. Every family caught this, no divorce. If every person caught this, you'd see the church on the earth that Jesus plants. If we follow Jesus' example, who said, I'm not entrusting my heart to man, so why would I give my heart to Danielle? If the one I love, if the one I follow is my example of what a life looks like, why would I do the opposite? Why would I do the opposite? It's called the wisdom of the world, isn't it? You see, it's what Hollywood pumps out. It says, find her. Find her and she will meet all your needs. You know? Spend thousands, travel the world, yacht cruises, just find her. (laughs) If you missed that, my wife said, that would be really nice. (laughs) You see, her is not the wisdom of God. Her is the wisdom of the world now. 
So find the man, find the woman, do whatever you takes and then give all of your life. And guess what? You'll find all your life. No, it doesn't work. You find stuff. And some stuff you don't even like. Vice versa goes, what on earth did I make that call for? Anyone relate? Is it just Danny and I? <laughs> Jesus knew, knows what he's talking about. He says, I am the wisdom of God, so I demonstrated it. And you're going to go through trials and tribulations. You're going to be persecuted. You will suffer. If you come into wisdom and start living out wisdom, those closest to you will start looking at you really weird. Why are you living like that? I don't know if I like that. Why do you want to spend time on a Sunday morning being part of a fellowship, a church people? Why do you want to start giving? I don't, why do you want to go to the discipleship group? Man, that's our time. You're breaking into our time. Whose time? I'll tell you why. Because a person is starting to fall in love. A person is being captivated with the one of love. A person is starting to be changed and transformed into the very person they were called to be. You might be stopping them. Have you thought about that? Do you know you can stop? one another through fear. No, 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 don't be that. No, 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 let's all back up the truck together and just protect ourselves here. That, well, that persecution stuff, we're not into that. That suffering, that's for those other guys over there. Well, if you do that, guess what? You'll never experience the life you were called to live because you can't have the life you were called to live unless you go through his process. We try and skip it, but you can't. Why? Because wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. So the ability and the capacity to find this life I'm talking about has to go through Christ's process. You can't come into it any other way. We would like to. I would like to. I would like to avoid the things that I've had to have gone through to be here today and to speak this message. I would have loved to have taken the fast lane, past all the rubbish, all the people, Hey, we're here. Yeah. Get to speak on a mic, get to say some things, get to be this, get to be that. And you're not who you're supposed to be. And you can't live how you're supposed to live. And this is a journey for every single person. I am on a process like you are. I get things wrong. I get some things right. Just like you. Someone said to Danny and I once, I thought you guys were perfect. I thought you guys had it all together. Then we told them about how we met and how we broke up three times before we got married. They were like, I feel so much better now. <laughs> I said, thank you that our, our, our brokenness inspires you. What empowers and enables this wisdom? Last scripture, 2 Timothy 3. So what empowers and enables this wisdom to be demonstrated? 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. All scripture is inspired by God 
and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So that the man, meaning woman, of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Let me read that again. All living mana from Christ, not just words on a page, God's version of his own word, his words revealed, okay, is inspired by himself. He's given it for a purpose. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, the ability to demonstrate a wisdom on the earth so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Every good work. That is now and the future which is coming. That's powerful, isn't it? So once again, leave you with a question. Are you eating? Are you drinking? Him. Because that's the word that enables the work to be done. If I'm not eating the right food, if I'm not drinking, I'm going to die. You cannot live on bread alone and expect the life that I'm preaching. It comes from every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Alpha and the Omega. That's the word that we have to discover. That's the word that we have to go after. And that's the word that we have to eat through the power of the Spirit of God who's been sent to lead us into all truth. Try and do it any other way. You'll always get what you've always got. And you'll find yourself not able to live out the righteous acts of the saints, the deeds, life of righteousness. Wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Amen.